You know what else I did today? No, Jeff. I bought... (laughs) Is that what I sound like to you? It's really high-pitched. Live from the Straight Red Plex, you are listening to the one and only Straight Red. I'm your host, Jeff Ross, and with me is always a man who threatened to move into a giant cardboard box that I happen to own, <laughs> Alex S. Kibler. Alex, it was a bizarre threat, but I'm willing to call your bluff. You can live in that box. I just got to keep eyes on you. You're, you're not trustworthy. Why am I the one Around who's not people. trustworthy? You're trying to live in a box. I'm accepting a box when I have no other choice. I'm mm. a, I'm a public servant for sleeping in that box. You're a public servant for sleeping in a box? I don't think that's. I don't think anyone's works. ever said that before. <laughs> that's why I'm taking this. <laughs> I don't think that's uh, what that means. Probably Alex, not. Yeah, you are out of town. I am. This is this the first episode where neither of us has been in the straight red put straight red plex. Uh, yes. I'm in straight red plex, um, well, that's hi- not hillbilly, hillbilly that's not outpost, and you're... Yeah. <laughs> and I'm out in the wilderness yeah. finding myself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, if the straight red plex is technically your apartment, yes. and episodes have been done when you weren't in the straight... when both of us weren't there. Because I've done episodes in New York while you were in Italy, but I wasn't oh, in... Oh, Yeah. If that's if that's how we're splitting these hairs here, right? Is, right. If, well, the straight if, if red plex sp- is a concept, really. If it's, well, that's why I'm asking. If if the straight red plex is literally your apartment, no, it's a state of mind. If it's a state of mind, then we're always in the straight. Every red time plex. I'm drinking, <laughs> uh, he's just shaking his head and looking uh, at the floor. Oh, it's just. The things I put up with. So you're out of town. Yeah. You're seeing family. Yeah. You went to a football game where I did. you, of course, lost. Tell yeah. us what is going on. <laughs> Every, well, you just said all of it. Sadness in many forms. No. Um, yeah. Dixie got to go to see her first Virginia Tech game. She and, got to? And, and, like in true course. Virginia Tech fashion, we lost. Um, it went really well. Uh, funny story, though. My, my cousin is a little bit of a redneck, and we were... How uh, much of a redneck? Well, the story will reveal that answer. And so... Uh, he, what percentage? I, I call him when we were parking, and he was like, uh, I'm in lot two, number 301. So, like, we're walking, trying to find him, and we walk into lot two, and I'm like, okay, he's, I think it's this row. And so we start walking down, and he's a big guy. He played defensive end in, in high school. He's like 6'5", like 250. Muscular. He's big. 6'5", 250? Yeah, he's that a big dude. That's a big dude. He's a big dude. Um, and so I'm like, we were walking down, and there's these two tall guys, and his friend who played offensive line was with him. And so I was like, you know, uh, I think that's him. There's two, like, big dudes facing away from us. I was like, Dixie, is that, is that Abe? I can't tell. And, and she's like, no, I don't think it is. And I was like, I think it is. And right about then, one of them <laughs> grabs a beer can and crushes it on the side of his head. <laughs> and I went, that's Abe. <laughs> that's definitely And it definitely definitely was, Abe. too. <laughs> Perfect. It could not have been written any better if you wrote it. That's how good it was. 
That's pretty good because, as is. you know, I am an award winning <laughs> So many stellar works that I yeah, made. It's oh great. my goodness. So you're down there, you drag your girlfriend along, which I'm sure she did not sign up for, but she's there. Yep, she you're was there. there. Yeah. You're no longer allowed in the state of New York. What's going on? No, this was in Virginia. I know, but you're no longer allowed in New York. Is that the case? No, I just fled for, you know, temporarily. I'll be returning. When do you return? On Friday. I have to work Black Friday. I leave here on Black Friday. My flight's at oh, 6.45 a.m. sucks. <laughs> I have to work you at 1. You get it, and then you go to, oh, man. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to it, if I'm honest. I'll come Gingers, don't ever do it. what I just described. It's, it's just the worst. I think I'm going to go bother you at work. Great. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this. Bring me a drink. Hold on. If I bring you a drink, will you drink it? Uh, That's a loaded question. (laughs) Because I'm going to bring you clam juice. (laughs) I expected like a drink, not like clam juice. Clamato. Isn't that a thing? Do they put, is that what's in those? Clam juice? It's clam juice and like tomatoes. (laughs) Who decided that that was a thing to drink? It's disgusting. Oh, and I God. Think, is that the one? And it, uh, uh, Chalada, I think, also has beer in it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that that has clam juice in it, does it? All right. A Clamato <laughs> is a drink made of reconstituted tomato juice concentrate flavored with spices and clam broth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what? Do people drink that? that? I've never had it. I'll get you some. No, I don't. I don't want that. Oh boy. Ah, oh, that was that was the highlight of my day. <laughs> I'm glad I could be here for you. Oh boy. That Before was... you have to go on a bus for 14 hours or whatever. Oh my it is. god, I'm gonna have a horrible day tomorrow. <laughs> right now. <laughs> right now. Yeah. I am having a blast. Uh, so a chalada, because <laughs> I've gone down this, a chalada is clamato oh, mixed no. with Budweiser. Because that ad- makes everything better. <laughs> it comes in a 24-ounce can. I'm going to get you some of this. I wonder if it's good, though. Surely they wouldn't, Budweiser wouldn't make a prepackaged version if it wasn't good. I just thought about what I said, <laughs> and I realized the fault in my logic. Like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna look this up. Well, anyway, Alex, before I start giving you some kind of vomit drink, there were games there this were weekend, two sir. Big old games this weekend, Jeff. Two big old games this weekend. Now, Gingers, uh, I'm at the point now. You had to have seen these. There's only two games, folks. You didn't see him. Heaven help you. I don't know what to do for you. I don't know what to do. All joking aside, you're you're in a part of the year where it's really easy to catch the important MLS games because they're both on Sundays. Do yourself a favor and watch these games because both of them were really exciting, a lot of fun, and both crowds were really, really, really into it. It was amazing. So, but since we only got two games, just go in chronological order. Sure. Columbus, New York Red Bulls, hashtag new crew, dose. New York Red Bulls, Cerro, in the fabled... In Dos Acero land, yes. Monterey Stadium. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, I would, my first thought 
when I watched this game was that at least for the first half, and, and this does not hold as true in the second half, but you're used to seeing the New York Red Bulls outwork their opponents mm-hmm. on the pitch, and that did not happen the first half. Columbus was all over them. They were better technically than the Red Bulls, which also doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really exciting stuff to watch. Now, the Red Bulls started to get really threatening in the second half. They had a couple chances in the first half, but they kind of came from nothing, although a lot of the Red Bulls' chances this season have been that way. Um, but, you know, this game has, you know, despite what I just said, has really, I covered my neighbor's Sasha question uh, as an NYCFC fan. I feel like he's Cut what... It, my neighbor's Sasha question. Okay, well, we'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're gonna to look the other way on this one. Um, but I, I thought, generally speaking, especially in the first half, Columbus was all over him. Uh, and, and you really got to see what having a, a player like a Kai Kamara, you know, first of all, fastest goal in the history of MLS postseason, 12 seconds in, a flick on, um, you know, a long ball played to Kai Kamara, a touch from Finley, flicked on to Miram, passed the keeper. Um, really exciting stuff. And it, it, from that point, I felt like Red Bulls really didn't know what to do for the entire half. They, they weren't really in the first half. It, was t- it wasn't until the second half that they really started to put stuff together. That opening goal yeah. was so fast that I didn't see it live. So I had the TV on, yeah. but I was making myself some dip. <laughs> what kind of dip? Oh, it was, uh, it was like an onion dip. It was quite delicious. But I didn't see the goal. I didn't, like, I didn't expect it to, to start that way. I don't think anybody did. I was just getting started. I was just getting comfy. Yeah, getting... And then all of a sudden, the, sure. all, of a, all of a sudden, Columbus is on there. They owned this game. I know what you mean that uh, New York came back stronger in the second half. But they still didn't look the better side in the second half. No, they didn't. They looked disjointed. Um, and they looked... You know, frankly, as if they weren't making those trademark runs off the ball that they had been, except for a couple of instances in that game. They were so good at moving without the ball and defending, and I feel like they did both of those rather poorly in this match. These are both teams that, both in good times and bad, they maintain whatever their opening strategy was for the game. Yeah. They maintain whatever their shape was and all that. Uh, it's just like New York, just the plan was bad. They just didn't have the right plan for what they were up against, um, which is a bit surprising this late in the game. Like, you, you should know who Columbus is. They're good, but you should know who they are. Uh, and that leads me to believe that they just had a better game. Well, they but just you can did. see that Miram and Iguain really got up for this one. You know, you, you, you oh, always yeah. are getting work rate out of Kamara, and you're always getting work rate out of Finley. But when you get 90 minutes of work from those two guys, Columbus, you know, can, has shown time and time again that they can score on anybody. Now, um, I, I think a bigger point to be made here, and we're going to touch on a little bit more in the second game, is oh, that are we? They, they held the Red Bulls without an away goal, which means mm-hmm. if you're Columbus Crew, is your strategy, what, what is your strategy? If you're, if you're Jeff Ross, if you're head coach of the Columbus Crew, what I is am your Jeff strategy? Ross. What, no, just want to clarify. That. No, I, I got it, yeah. But you're also the head coach. You're not that one, though, right? You didn't get called mm-hmm. by Columbus, did you? Did I miss that? Uh, well, uh, just wait for the offseason. Okay, got it. Perfect. Um, are you, what's your strategy going into Red Bull Arena? You know, you're up 2-0 in out aggregate, and they, and you, you know, they scored no away goals at your house. Mm-hmm. 
I'm still going to Red Bull Arena to try to grab one goal. Trying to grab one and just have faith that with the defense I have, that we're going to be able to hold New York to like one goal. Well, here's the thing. In this situation, if you score a goal, this is the, this is what makes the away I'm, I'm, goals I'm rule so amazing. Is that if you score an away goal as Columbus, that means that at a bare minimum, the Red Bulls have to score four goals to advance. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I want to make this horrible for them. Yeah. If I can get one goal in Red Bull Arena, the New York Red Bulls have to score four against me, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it is either. I, I think. Certainly, Red Bulls have shown that they can score at will. Uh, I feel like they take a lot of... I don't know how to say this properly. I feel like they take a lot of chances that are obvious. In other words, they're so athletic and they're really great at getting into space. But I oftentimes also feel that they sort of snatch at the first chance that's presented to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have such quality that they could be more patient than they are. I actually have the same critique of, um, of Dallas as well. Um, this week, but it's, it's just a matter of they need that common presence that an Iguain or a Miram gives Columbus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I do get what you mean, and uh, my strategy would be to get that one goal, but that one goal is going to be hard to get it at, at a sold out Red Bull Arena. It really is. That's going to be hard for Columbus to do. It very much and is. the New York Red Bulls, this whole season, have been a team, when they have a bad game, yeah. they come out swinging in the next mm-hmm. game. They do not take this sitting down. And they know their own history. They have no MLS Cup titles. None. And they know that every day of the week. And that this one, they're getting so close. And they were a team, all of us, you and I included, uh, rode off before the season even started. Yeah. Like, this was a team that would be lucky to make the playoffs. That, that was my position. That was your position. And we were not alone in that. So they still have that chip on their shoulder and they've got something to prove. And I don't think they're going to take this uh, uh, sitting down at home. I think one way or the other they're going to win that game. The real question is, can you stop Columbus from scoring one goal? As soon as Columbus scores a goal, I just don't think they're going to get four against them. I really don't. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be able to, to keep Columbus off the board, but it's going, to be, it's, going to be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting game. It really is. We've got to talk about this Portland I, game. I, I know that you're really excited <laughs> to talk about the Portland about match. It, first of all, this was a great match, Gingers. If you didn't see it, shame on you. Any match, <laughs> any match that you get to watch those great fans out there in Portland is a good match. The, the, oh, they have the best home field advantage in Major League Soccer. I don't think anyone's arguing with that, except for maybe Sporting Kansas City might think they have an argument, but they don't. Portland is the best home field advantage in Major League Soccer. It's, and you can tell that it really means something to every single person in that building, the outcome on the field, which is not always the case around the league. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's exciting it's just stuff. So entertaining to watch. Yeah, it Every really time. is. Even when Portland's bad, they're entertaining games to watch. But they weren't bad in this game, Alex. No, Portland three, FC Dallas one. Now I seem to recall last week you and I were predicting winners and losers on this particular game, <laughs> and I had Portland winning this game. You did three two. And if I, I had remember Portland correctly. scoring three goals. You did. I gave. I overestimated FC Dallas. I gave him two. You, Alex Kibler, 
at Portland scoring two and FC Dallas scoring three. So let's open the floor to you. What went wrong and where is my $700,000? They ran into the Ridgewell and Borchers uh, brick wall in the back, I think is what happened. You know, it's funny because Portland, I think, has Dallas figured out. And what I, what I mean when I say that is that they know that if they throw numbers behind them and they nullify that major speed advantage that, that Dallas has because they have gobs of speed, then all of a sudden they're, they're not quite as threatening as they are if, if you sort of have to expose yourself. So they did themselves a favor. They got up first. The goal against Dallas is always to score first. Because then you can play back. You don't have to push the field. You're not going to get just annihilated on the counterattack like Dallas can do to you. Um, you know, and you didn't have great performances out of some of the, the star players on Dallas. Um, mm. But, you know, honestly, I don't think, b- besides a couple of goals, I think Portland created a few chances, but they didn't blow them out of the water. They just put their chances away. You know, the first goal of, of Ridgewell was not pretty. Uh, you know, he sort of just... Was on, oh, he was just in the right place. He right found time. himself on top of the ball exactly. He, he was just exactly where he needed to be. And the last goal wasn't pretty either. You know, uh, some people are saying that um, Gonzalez should have come for that ball. Although I, I don't necessarily mm. think that that's true. Um, but Die Run Aspria, my goodness. Oh. If you watch one thing that's soccer related this week, go watch the replay of that goal. That goal is a thing of beauty. I applauded when that happened. And you just have to I stand up. Main. You stand up out of, it, off your couch. <laughs> it was it was a thing of beauty, folks. This and, and listen, Jesse Gonzalez, great keeper. There was nothing he could have done. Nothing he could have done to stop that ball. Like you were saying in the pre-show, when when Espria kicks it at the moment he kicks the ball, it's going towards the left post. Which is well, the, the keeper's left. Yes, exactly. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The keeper's left. Yeah. Our perspective, it's the right. But, but the keeper's left. So that's the move Jesse Gonzalez makes. And I think every goalkeeper would make that move at yeah. that point. Also, you probably don't think at that distance that that shot is going to be accurate anyway. You know, because he, he, he's not crazy distant out there, but he's far enough to like, this is not a guarantee that it's even going to be on frame. And then midair, this ball changes direction. <laughs> And seemingly for nothing but dramatic effect, kisses the underside of the crossbar. Oh, my goodness. It, it felt like it was in the air for an hour and a half. Like, I don't understand what happened. I need a physicist to explain this to me. Legitimate question. Is that the goal of the year? I feel like we've seen some really good ones. I, 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 I'm, I'm Were they in that- the Western Conference final? No, no, but there there was a really good Javinko goal that he had after he like flew back from Italy like an hour before. Oh, yeah. and he had a game winner. That goal winner. was tremendous. It's tremendous. But they're sitting at home right now watching this. That's true. And technically, <laughs> this was also a game winning goal. It was a game winning goal. It was. It was nice. It actually reminds me of an old Darlington Nagby goal from his first year playing for the Timbers. He had a goal that looked like this. I'll find it for you, Alex. I, I appreciate that. I'll find it for you. I'll show it to you. But it, it was something else. And Jesse Gonzalez, I feel bad for you. Uh, who actually, Jesse had a good game. He did have a good game. He lost 3-1, but he had a pretty decent game. He made a couple of good saves. It, he had six saves on the night. Like it, He was under attack. The real <laughs> question, though, becomes now, though, 
and I don't want to take anything away from from the the to, to share a goal as a great build up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, oh, and so, that was such a momentum shift. When it that really happened. was, yeah. And, and I that think at, at, at one point Portland was sort of holding on because I think you know yeah. Dallas started to, to to wear out those legs of Portland a little bit and started to be able to run around them, which they hadn't been able to do exactly. uh, earlier on in the match. So there were maybe a solid fifteen minutes or so after that goal where it looked like, oh, well, Dallas may be roaring back. Because well, it was two one, and all of a sudden that's you know in a league that has away goals rules in the playoffs, that is not a big advantage. And so my question no. to you is, yes, it's three. One, but how important is that? How important do you think that that road goal is going to be? That away oh, it's goal, crucial. Crucial. This is a crucial away goal. If they were walking down here three nil, you might as well call the series over because you're oh, not yeah. scoring. You're not scoring four goals. But now a, a two nil at home, and you you're through if you're Dallas. Yes, yeah, and and and, that, and that's not beyond the possibility. Certainly not. SC Dallas can score two goals at home. And also Portland scoring none in Dallas. Both of those things are possible. Uh, that's still a winnable series. It's worse than it looked like it was going to be. Yeah, it looked like they were only going to need one goal, which is basically a guarantee in Dallas. Yeah, they're going to get a goal one way or the other. Um, two is, but this comes back just like the theoretical on the the, the New York Columbus game. What if Portland scores a goal in Dallas? Mm-hmm. That's one hell of a hill to climb, and I just I, – I, uh, it's going to be tough to do it. I mean, we'll get into the predictions. We do it every week. We're going to do it this week as well. But these are good matches. I'm very, very pleased with what the conference finals look like. like My these thing to take away from this is, is very much one of the, the home teams took care of business, and so now when they go away, it's like, all right, can we do enough to get through on the, the second – sort of leg of this this journey that we're on it's really exciting stuff yeah very important very exciting um and and these teams feel like they deserve to be where they are Mm -hmm. i I don't feel like someone has just like slipped through with a couple of lucky calls like no no these these teams they earn their way through but alex we're in this weird part of the season where some teams are in their off season and some are not the ones who are not of course are still playing games so we're seeing some movement elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you follow the wire reports like I do. <laughs> I mean, what? I don't have I don't have the wires like in my apartment. Do oh. you have like just the end of the wire hanging there and it tells you soccer stuff? Yeah, yeah, I plug it into the TV and it just That's just amazing. I live in the future. What a time the to be alive in the wilderness. What yeah. a time to be alive. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Your future I guess property is. Would it be considered it property? Negative to say property. Well, what is it legally? Wouldn't it be property? They're my business venture. Your future business venture. There we go. The Chicago Fire Soccer Club. Yeah. Has announced their new head coach. Little and I can't sad it's not um, Jose Mourinho. If I'm honest. <sighs> That's why they need your leadership. <laughs> That's why they need my dollars, I think, is what you meant to say. You have so much money. You are so wealthy. <laughs> oh, man. But, hey, who, which one of us wants to try the pronunciation first? So we well, made a your, point. Your team. It's your team. We made a point of neither of us looking up how to say it before we recorded the, <laughs> before we recorded the show because we wanted just to try it. So All right. You I go first. It's, it's your team, and then I'll I'm give it a I'm guessing shot. it's Veiko Panovich. I think it's... Velko Panovich. 
Is it Panovic or Panovic? Well, then we're both wrong. <laughs> we're both wrong if it's Panovic. Velko? Velko. He's going to be so offended. He's not coming on the show. No, we should. I wonder if he's, does he like give good interviews as a, you know. I don't know. He played right, in MLS so, apparently. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. He played for the Philadelphia Union in 2011. Philly only... fans, if you're, Gingers, if you're in Philly and you remember this guy and you have something to say about him, please write us. Please write us. Uh, yeah, tell them where. Straightreddicloud.com. I just said that. Oh, okay. Uh, also, you can use the Twitters mm-hmm. to make that happen. Uh, I do want to know. He played in 2011. That was the only season that Philly actually went to the postseason. Uh, so far. Only so far. I don't want to offend our Philly fans. It's one of the weird locations where we have fans. Yeah. Philadelphia and Orlando. I don't know. I don't get it. But, but uh, And we have at least one fan in Los Angeles. I met him. He is real. So, he played for Philly. I don't remember it. But I do remember us... Uh, getting beaten by the Serbian under-20s for the under-20 World Cup. Mm-hmm. And he coached that team. Mm-hmm. And they won that title uh, back in June. This man's only 38, which makes sense if he played for Philly in 2011. He's only 38 years old. Young man coming into the fire, not a big name. Not even uh, This wasn't even one of the names, one of the bigger names that was rumored, like uh, uh, Tab Ramos was rumored. For this, people know who that is. Uh, Guillermo Barros Scaloto. Sorry for this. We who? You want to say that Guillermo? again? No, I don't. Okay. But the <laughs> Columbus Crew's most famous player. Yes. Who also interviewed for the Columbus Crew job uh, that Greg Berhalter ultimately got. And he's interviewed for this. It seems like only a matter of time before he becomes an MLS coach. But my thoughts go to our mutual good friend. Alex Soccer Kibler, owner of the Chicago Fire Soccer Club. Yeah. yeah. I know it's not Jose Mourinho, but how do you feel about this hire? I think it's fine. I, I, think, I think if you're a Chicago Fire... Damn it, with faint praise, I think and it's you, fine. You know, it's one of those situations where you're optimistic that they're going to spend money on a... a and now I don't know what they're paying this guy. So first of all, let me say this. He might be commanding more of a salary than I think we're giving him credit for, but he... Chances are he's not. Chances are you got a pretty cheap coach who has had some success, but that's going to come at a price at some point. Here's the thing: he's either going to, you know, he's unproven really, except for you know his youth coaching. So the question: mm-hmm. it's going to become a situation where, okay, let's say he's not successful, then you have your your fan base who's sort of up in arms because they're saying you didn't actually try to solve this problem. You just plugged a guy in that no one's heard of who doesn't mm-hmm. have a good resume, and you expected it to work, and it clearly, clearly didn't work. Um, now, let's say you are successful. Let's say that he's resoundingly successful. He wins the league in a couple of years, you know, especially because that's going to be amazing because I don't think, that, you know, at least without my uh, benefactor, um, you know, sort of support, um, they're not going <laughs> to spend... They're not going to spend a lot of money on player talent. So let's say he's overwhelmingly successful for some reason. Then he's gone. Either you have to pay him a ton of money or he's gone. You know, so I, I, I guess every, every team sort of has to deal with this at least slightly. But you just – it makes you wonder about the current ownership of Chicago Fire saying, you know, let's take a winger on this guy. But it also leads me to believe that if he doesn't do that well, it's okay. 
So Nelson Rodriguez, the uh, general manager of your Chicago Fire soccer club, for now had a <laughs> had a yeah. lengthy press conference about the hire and why and all that, and he presented his eleven point coaching search checklist, mm-hmm. and they are as follows. Let's hear it. One values. Two ability to teach. Three resourcefulness. Four, great manager of people, profits, and priorities. That's all one point, by the way, even though it lists three things. Five, highly organized and energetic. Six, breeze football, teaching, and winning. Seven, familiarity with the league. So that's real low on the list. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> Eight, only truly global candidate. Don't know what that means. Nine, Prior head coaching experience. Seems fair. 10, composure and poise. 11, this is the last thing on the list. Hunger to succeed. Alex, I feel like Jose fits all of these. I don't understand why they didn't go for it. I, I think it's obvious. I think, they're, I think they're just, they're, you know, they're just, I think they dropped the ball on this one. By oh. not hiring Jose Mourinho. But here's the thing. All joking aside, None of us know. We don't really know what this guy's capable of doing in this league. He has at least some, some passing understanding of how the, the, the roster rules work in MLS, which is more than Patrick Vieira has right now. Um, he has... Wow. Throwing your own man under the... Wow. Yeah, baby. He has, you know, he has experience what the travel is like in this country for an MLS coach, an MLS team. True. True. So I, I think he at least knows what he's getting into. But I also think that... If they had the money to pay Jason Christ, they would have paid Jason Christ. Or Mike Petke. Yeah. There's some good talent that's unemployed right now. There's a lot of good talent that's unemployed right now. And someone whose employment is a question mark right now is U.S. men's national team regular, Jermaine Jones. According to your best friend, Taylor (laughs) Twelman. You have got to be kidding me. We should get Taylor on the show. He'd be entertaining. What we need, this is what we need to do. I've got a plan. What we do, we, we get in touch with Taylor Twelman and get, convince him to get on the show. We get in touch with Alexi Lawless and convince him to get on the show. And then we call them at the same time <laughs> and have them like, uh, we have some other guy you might have heard of on the line. He, he says you're dumb. He doesn't know what you're talking about. And then just sort of introduce them to and just and just record it and then release that as the podcast. And then you profit. could just tell them up front that's what you wanted to do and get the same result. That's a fair point, actually. And I do like that step one is like, we get in touch with Taylor Twelman and convince him to come on the show. It's like, that's a huge <laughs> step one. Yeah, it's a pretty big step. Yeah, because I've got his phone number. All right. <laughs> like, how are we going to make that happen? <laughs> uh, we did get uh, Lexi Lawless to at least listen to one episode <laughs> I talked to him about, like, recording software. It was awesome. You'll never forget it. According to Taylor Twelman, if Jermaine Jones comes back to MLS, it will not be with New England. And then he lists that he has interest in England, uh, Germany, and Brazil. Not specific teams, but he just says those are the countries. Alex Kibler, you are Jermaine Jones's agent. Congratulations. Thank you. Your client is 75 years old. Yes. <laughs> What's your move? Well, it, it will not be to a team that 
where he's going to sit on the bench. I, I think right now, if you're Jermaine Jones, the, father time is taken away on you, on your, mm-hmm. your physique. Mm-hmm. And you at least have to be able to get meaningful minutes on a somewhat regular basis. Now, if that means you want, if, if, if a team in England, like a Premier League team, says, you know what, we want you to play all of our cup games and all of our whatever games and not be an actual regular starter, that's cool. But I think you're better off if you're him and if you're Jurgen Klinsmann, you're going to be pulling for this, going to a team where he would get maybe not even starting minutes, but at least regular meaningful minutes. He'll get that in MLS. There's plenty of teams that could use a player like him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many are going to pay that money. And we're going to get on to that, but, but that's the real issue. I think, first and foremost, he needs minutes. I think you can find that in like the, the championship in England. I think you can find that on some lower-level Bundesliga teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those options are out there. I don't see what Brazil gives you. I think you mm-hmm. would make less money with less prestige and play with about the same quality of talent than if you just stayed here. You know, I, I'm willing to concede that the Brazilian league is probably better than our league, but I don't think it's by that much. My point, I guess, ultimately is that I think MLS is as good as anywhere for you to stay. If someone's going to pay you the money, I don't really understand what you think you're going to gain by going to a lower-level Bundesliga team or the championship of England. I, I have to, I'm with you here. It, what it really comes down to are those two elements you've hit on. Playing time yeah. and who can pay him. Uh, I imagine there's a couple of issues right now in New England for him. One is probably money related, although I'll doubt that's what he's going to say. But more importantly, there's a family issue. His family doesn't live out on the East Coast. Right. He doesn't see his wife and his like 7,000 kids. He has so many children. He has all the children. It, uh, it's he's ridiculous. like a UNICEF commercial. It is astonishing how many children <laughs> he has. He's got like six or seven kids. He subscribes to the Brad also, and Angelina his, School of Child Rearing. Now I'm going down this road too far, but his wife still looks like a supermodel. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> he chose well. <laughs> he did. Like, how did how did she I don't know. It's it's amazing. And they have a trillion children. So there's that issue. Going down to Brazil doesn't really help you unless you're playing for a big name team like Santos. Like you yeah. have to play for a, a team people have heard of. But if you're playing for anybody else, no one no one cares. Uh, but you need minutes. You need mm-hmm. minutes. He'd be better off going to like Reading than he would be to the Premier League, I think. I agree with uh, you. Because you know he'd play. He needs to be at a team that's going to put him in the right position so he's getting enough meaningful minutes so he can play in the Copa America. His goal shouldn't be another World Cup because I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he is either, but I think he can still contribute to this team next summer in that tournament. That, exactly. And, and he needs to put himself in a position where that's a realistic thing that can happen. He can help with World Cup qualifying, but I don't see this man who's right now 105 making it to the 2018 World Cup. I, I don't now that I've said that, we'll have a team of 37-year-olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Landon Donovan will be there somehow. <laughs> yeah. We'll convince Brian McBride to come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a whole thing. Gonna... He comes out wearing the bloody nose shirt. Oh. <laughs> See, you imagine? He, just, he doesn't even wear the current uniform. He just wears like the 02 or 06 jersey. <laughs> throws that on. Yeah, yeah. That's what I got. Yep. It's in my closet, guys. 
<laughs> I would cheer. I'd yeah, be me so too. Excited. But he's not the only person who might be on the move. Your other best friend. I don't know how you manage all of this. I'm Your with other, some influential people. <laughs> and they're all very close to you, very yeah. near, near to your heart. Peter Vermees, head coach, Sporting Kansas City. Rumored that there's interest from Premier League teams. I don't his services. I don't know if I understand this. If Walk I'm me through it. Walk me through it. He, he's the first American they realize could kick a soccer ball. Like I don't understand. Like no offense to Peter Vermees. I mean, I think he's accomplished a lot in Kansas City. I think they play an attractive blend, brand of soccer. I think they play great attacking soccer. And obviously those things are always in demand anywhere in the world. So I think it's a question of you're starting to finally see that European teams are paying serious attention to American product, both player and coach. Um, And I I think if if Bob Bradley had not gone to France, he might have gotten some more calls. I genuinely think that. He may have, but I think it's a lot of smoke uh, and smoke and mirrors here. I, I, I think people may be just interested conceptually. It's hard for me to believe that someone's going to take an MLS coach directly into the Premier League. A coach who's never coached like uh, like a youth international team or any like he has no real international coaching experience. He's only coached in MLS. <sighs> I guess the only thing would be if you think you're going to catch lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? Like well, you, if you're, you, you think you, you're like, I don't have to pay this guy very much, but he could come in and really affect some change here. And, and if you think that that can happen, you take a flyer on this guy. Because that's the only reason that you put him above a guy like Bruce Arena besides the fact that Bruce would never go. But like, Well, I, that's why you put him ahead of Bruce. I don't think Bruce is going anywhere. But clearly Bruce has a better resume than Peter oh, Ruiz. much better. You know, much better resume. But at this point, well, I don't think Bruce is going to go Bradley. anywhere. Yeah. So does Bob Bradley, who you could have gotten. Uh, he would absolutely have gone to the Premier League, which I think is his ultimate goal anyway. If there is, and Gingers, if you know better than I do, please do chime in. If there is a Premier League team that has what I'm just going to call a money ball philosophy, that's a scenario where Peter Vermees makes a lot of sense. Because you could get him for more than whatever Sporting's paying him, and I'm sure they're paying him actually quite well. But you can you can get him because you can pay more than they can pay. But that's going to be a lot less than you'd have to pay in a lot less, yeah. like a lot less. And if you know one, he'll have. Uh, and I hit on this a lot. Like he'll have the chip on his shoulder. That I have to prove something, not just that I am valuable, but Americans are valuable. Yeah, you know that he's going to work his ass off mm-hmm. to make this happen. He's really going to be out there to prove something. And you might be able to get him to coach a team that doesn't have a ton of huge names, but is instead a roster of players who either uh, were, were, were like cut from bigger teams, um, players that are trying to prove something, players who are coming from overseas into England, but like no one knows, like, oh, are you good? Yes, you play for the Ivory Coast, but like, what does that mean? If there's a team like that that has sort of low for the Premier League anyway, wage bill, and like low for the Premier League star power, that might be the type of team that that would make sense for. So I'm looking at these teams that are struggling right now, teams that have American ownership like Aston Villa, like teams like that where it would make sense. 
that, hey, we're going to get relegated anyway, <laughs> so why not? Uh, we're like, why not? And let's at least cut our costs here. Um, a team like that would make sense, but I don't see anybody who's a mid-table and above uh, taking any taking this. Not at all. A team that has European ambitions right now, you'd be better off with Bob Bradley, frankly, uh, of American coaches. You'd be better off trying to convince Bruce Arena, who, who's not coming. I hate to break it to people. But that's the only thing I can think of. And allegedly there's two teams, two Premier League teams, looking at Peter Fermi's. Who do you think they are? I think Villa's one. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, the problem is that some of the teams that might be in this position have just hired coaches, and mm-hmm. so I feel like I feel like it wouldn't be them. Like, I, believe it or not, I I could see the the penny pinching uh, ownership of Newcastle United taking a, a, a swing on a guy like this. But they decided to go the exact opposite route and hire really? a guy with a name with no real resume. Um, Somebody's bitter. Only slightly. Um, and so, I don't know. It, it's, I think, though, if you're Vermees, and let's say it's Aston Villa who calls, I think you go. We were talking in the pre-show. We were talking in the pre-show. You can come back. People will have you back. You'll Absolutely. have a job when you get back. Minnesota will be here. Atlanta will be here. And he has an MLS resume. He's already proven it. So like, he, he can always come back. Yeah. And you looked it up. He's like 49 or something. He's 49. He's less than 50. Spent a couple seasons overseas. Come back. You're in your 50s, which is bizarrely prime time for coaching. It is, <laughs> you're yes. in your 50s and 60s is when you're really supposed to be doing it. Um, he, he can just come back whenever he likes. I, if he's getting the offer, you take the offer, assuming that, and I, I hate to be that guy, but assuming that the dollars and cents make sense. Yeah. Like if they're actually paying a decent wage. However, he, pl- I'm sorry, not plays, coaches for a team that frankly might be willing to match yeah, what they other might. teams will do. There's no, to my knowledge at least, kind of salary cap for coaches in MLS. So if they want to throw millions at him they might do it they might that's a team that might actually do it there's not a lot of teams you know in um in um mls yeah sorry that's the name of the league thank you yeah there's not a lot of teams in mls that would try to sort of get in that bidding war but I think this, you know, the sort of the sporting club or whatever they call themselves might yeah, be one of those. They're, they're, I think they're some of them are younger guys. It's they're willing to, to spend the money as they demonstrated already. Yeah, I could. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the type of ownership group that says, you know, you know what? Because they have a vision of themselves that they are at that level of the Premier League, like as a club, as an organization. Like we're as serious, we're as big time. Like look at how they built their stadium and what the setup is there. Like they they want to show that we have premier facilities, we're premier people. I don't think they would take it sitting down that someone else is going to just show up and say we're going to take your coach because we offered, you know. Uh, I'm just going to throw out a number, but let's say let's offer him $2 million. They'll come back and say, like, well, we're going to give him two and a half, and you don't have to move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they, they might do that. And to go down that road a little bit further, uh, I, I have Sporting Casey's ownership group, 
as being the next uh, American ownership group that's going to buy their way in uh, mm-hmm. to the Premier League. I would not be surprised, or uh, it doesn't have to be the Premier League, but, but top-level European league, that they're going to buy some team, some team that is struggling. Maybe right now it's a championship team or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they make an investment like that. And they would make it in a way uh, that we've wanted to see for quite some time in MLS, because there are owners who have foreign teams, but running it as if it's like one club, you know, like we've got players going back and forth. We've coaches going back and forth. Um, we haven't quite seen it for better or worse. Uh, NYCFC is pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> Except they, they keep our good players and we get their youth players. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't that's how it actually work. works. But like, if you're a Colorado Rapids fan, you've got to be sitting there thinking, this guy also owns Arsenal. Why are we getting nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we have nothing? Why is it like this? (laughs) I'd be upset. Uh, And what team is it in Italy that the Montreal uh, Saputo owns? Oh, I don't think I knew that he owned one. He did. They did. They like just. They bought it this past season. Uh, I'll look it up while we move on to the next. Bologna is the correct answer. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ego. Bologna, they also own that. There's always been rumors of how those two things are getting connected, though he says they won't be. I'm like, is, would that be that bad? No, <laughs> let it happen. To each Just other? let it happen. Just relax Just and let, let it happen. happen. Just let it happen. But on the note of coaches. Yeah, just real quick, I, I want to say congratulations. <laughs> my other best friend, Jesse Marsh, for winning Coach of the Year. Well deserved. I think. Oh, yeah. I think if you if you just make the playoffs, giving all the hullabaloo and the loss of talent that you had, I think you're going to win it anyway. Um, but not only did he do that, he won the Supporter Shield. He won the Supporter Shield. They're back in the conference finals. The first of all, this was not the expectation. No, I, I don't care what the front office says. This is not how they expect the season to go. They probably did expect to go to the playoffs. All the people behind the scenes, they probably did. But they did not expect to get a supporter shield. They did not expect to be in the conference finals right now. So this is this is a winner of a season. The only way it could be better is if he becomes the first person to lift a cup for New York. Then he's a legend. Yep, they'll be remembered forever. He get fired the next day. It won't matter. Yeah, <laughs> which, which they might do, knowing their ownership group. Yeah, they might do it. They might do it. Fired but before we move on, Arena. I know we we have other things to get into at the time of this podcast recording. Mike Petke and Jason Christ do not have head coaching jobs. Why is question one. And question two is, when will that be solved? Why is I think the teams that have wanted to make coaching changes are ones that don't want to spend the kind of money that those two will command yet. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think if there's, there's rumors that you might have Siggy retire this year because of his health. I think one of them goes has a real chance of going there. And I also think that I think Jason Kreiss has probably more options available to him. Petke's a name in MLS, but I think Kreiss, you know, obviously he didn't have a great season with NYCFC, but I also think that he's the only other coach besides maybe Arena who at least has some international uh, namesake only now because he is affiliated with City Football Group, or he, they they know him mm. from that. So mm. I would, if I was Jason Kreiss, I would love it if if 
if like a, a championship team or even a League One team called me in England, I would totally go do that. Why not? You're a young man. If I'm Jason Kreis's agent, first of all, I would have some sense of like what, what's really going on behind the scenes. What opportunities are there now? And also, what opportunities do it look like there's going to be a year from now? You have Seattle no says need to hurry. There's absolutely no need to hurry. You don't. I'm sure NYCFC overpaid him in the contract. <laughs> sure. I'm sure they did. So he could probably sit around for a year if he wants to. I know Seattle says that they're sticking with Ziggy, Ziggy Schmid. Wow. You had a hard time with that, yeah. (laughs) Had a hard time today. Uh, Sticking with him for next season. But that could be a job opening soon. You know you have friendly faces there. That could be – and it's a big club and they want to win and they want to put you in the best position to win. Like That that could be a good thing. But you make a very good point. We go over it again and again in this podcast. Jason Christ could get an overseas deal. He could, whereas I don't think Mike Pecky can. No, I don't think he could either. He, I, th- I think he has too few results with too much of a reputation yeah. of being a hothead. And, and I think yeah. those two things don't go well together if you're a Italian ownership group looking to take a flyer on an American. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're going to do it. I don't think you're going to do it. Um, I do think Mike Pecky will get another job. He allegedly interviewed for Chicago. He allegedly interviewed for an NASL job for the Jacksonville Armada, which he also did not get. Um, but we don't know what really happened. Yeah. We don't know who he spoke to him. We don't know any of the behind the scenes. Because let's face it, he did get fired. Like that did happen, and if results they couldn't have been paying him a fortune. And if everybody got along with him, and he was this great guy, uh, and everybody was super happy with it, you wouldn't have fired him just because Jesse Marsh was available. Because Jesse Marsh had been available for quite some time. Yeah. he got fired from Montreal. It wasn't like a new thing that suddenly yeah. happened. But then again, Jesse Marsh was on the market for a while. You know, no one hired him. Exactly. So it, it, I, I don't think taking a year off or two years off is a death sentence. I think I think don't settle if you're these two guys because I think that something will come along. Um, so yeah, and maybe that's the, maybe that's the real point here is that you don't want to find yourself in a situation that was not correct. And if you're Jason Christ, it's got to be especially true after the whole scenario you just went through. Like you don't want to sign up for something that you have any doubts about, that you have any concerns. These people aren't 100% on you, that you're not the person they want. Right. But don't be surprised if the Toronto job becomes available or the Seattle job becomes available, that you see Jason Christ in either of those places. Yeah. Just saying, even if he becomes available mid-season, that would not surprise me. So we have second leg. Oh, man. This Sunday, Gingers. Sunday, Mm -hmm. Sunday, Sunday. The second leg of the Western Conference Final. 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. FC Dallas plays host to the Portland Timbers. It's also on TSN2 and MLS Live, although it's not on MLS Live because it's on ESPN. I don't know why if it says that. If you're not in America, it's on MLS Live. Who's watching this? <laughs> like in Mexico or something? <laughs> okay, got it. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. It's also, if you're in Canada, yeah. you have to watch on TSN. Right, uh-huh. Anyway. That's standing. That's my understanding. The current, it is currently 3-1 Portland on aggregate. Dallas mm-hmm. with the crucial away goal. Jeff, your thoughts. 
this would be the type of match if this was the regular season i'd say this is must see but you should be watching all of them gingers but here's what i'm predicting dallas is gonna win this but they're not gonna win it the correct way Ooh. It's, gonna, it's gonna be 2-1 it's gonna be 2-1 and portland goes through and portland goes through are you ready for this strap in gingers FC Dallas, three. Portland Timbers, one. Portland Timbers in extra time. That's an extra time Timbers goal? Yes. Portland. Oh, no, no, wow. I'm saying, no, it's go, at the end of regulation, it's 3-1. And then Portland Timbers win it in extra time. Wow. You're breaking hearts in Frisco, Texas. They're going to go home really upset. It's going to be great. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm breaking their hearts in, in regular time so they can get Because home. I think they're better on set pieces. I think this, this game is going to come down to a set piece. Portland Timbers is great on set pieces. That's going to be exciting stuff. Also that night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1, the Red Bulls of New York or New Jersey, whoever you ask, play host <laughs> Clearly you have to an opinion. the Columbus crew. Uh, that matches currently 2-0 Columbus on aggregate. New York without an away goal, importantly. I'm telling you right now, this is the match to watch because of what I'm about to predict. New York Red Bulls, two. Columbus Crew, zero. Extra time, no goals. Penalty shootout, New York through. I think you're... Jesse Gins- uh, yes, New York through. Because I don't think Steve person. Clark is going to be able to, to stop the penalty shootout. I think you're a crazy person. I think this is going to be the most heartbreaking of all. But New York Red Bulls, three. Columbus Crew, one which is enough to put Columbus crew through on the away goals rule. Uh, they might burn red arena <laughs> down. That would be... And I'm sure that has nothing horrible. to do with why I, I predicted that to happen. Uh, ways that you can get in Such touch with us, Gingers, uh, at Straight Red Pod on Twitter. That's the show. At mm. Jeff is Famous on Twitter. That's Jeff at Alex S. Kibler on Twitter. That's me. That stands for soccer. Straight Red at iCloud.com. Straight Red on Facebook, and we don't use it Instagram, but it's Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. You, can, you have all of the passwords. I, I feel like I'll I give can you blame the password. <laughs> like I have no access to any of this. That's, You're like, well, oh, we don't fair. do it. it it's, it's you don't do it, Alex. Yeah. You don't. And your girlfriend works in social media. I'm a failure. It's now time for Quiet Time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you got for the genders tonight? Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll be doing a podcast. Yeah. With a quote-unquote friend of yours. Yeah. But he's decided that he's going to do this from some rural location in some backwater state no one's ever heard of. And they have the most unreliable internet (laughs) access you've ever encountered. And you're just supposed to suffer through it like everything's fine. Well, I say this, Gingers. Don't have friends who don't have reliable broadband internet access. Good advice for all of us. Go forth in soccer changes. Mm-hmm.